Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Thank you so much, Dylan, for joining in this conversation. I'm really delighted that you can uh, talk to me about your organ journey. Uh, I'm really interested to know, uh, you know, those things that are very um, important for our global audience for 89 uh, countries uh, listening in and not only today but in the future as well so thank you so much Dylan and welcome to the show oh no thank thank you for giving me this opportunity I'm very grateful thank you wonderful how about uh, uh, starting with the question that it's really interesting to hear about uh, how did you first fell in love with the organ can you share the story with us yes of course um, so I was a chorister at the Liverpool Metropolitan Cathedral under the direction of Timothy Noon. Um, the organist at the time was Richard Lay. Um, phenomenal, absolute phenomenal organist, incredible improviser as well. And I think it was only during sort of my latter years of being a chorister that I really realized the power and everything the organ sort of brings to the liturgy. Um, it really was um, in- incredible. And it was a shame that I only realized that towards the end of my choristership. But after that, I was completely taken with the instrument. Um, and I, ju- I just wanted to take that further, that, that love of the organ further, which was, which was really nice. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was during when I was a chorister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dylan, uh, what uh, fascinated you about the organ at the beginning? You- I think, yes, yeah. Um, it was originally it was it was simply the first of all the, the grandeur i mean i don't know if you've been in the Liverpool Metropolitan cathedral but the acoustic is is vast absolutely vast um and it just it just echoes around the cathedral being simply because the the building itself is uh, is circular um it's it was absolutely amazing um uh, when i really realized it um so the acoustic and sort of the the depth of the organ brought um, in in recitals, but also in services, that was incredible. But also the the sounds of the organ, you know, you've you've got anything f- from, you know, and and eight foot diapason to, you know, a, a, a large tuba or the trumpet militaire. It's you know there are there are some fa- fantastic colours, um, and 
it sort of made me think, you know, gosh, I'd love to play some music using those, you know, using those stops, those instruments. And yeah, I think that that, that really sort of gave me sort of the, the fire to sort of take that love further. Right. Uh, very interesting to hear about that. Um, do you remember uh, your first piece that you played on the organ? And what was the most difficult thing about it for you? I think it was... Oh, gosh, let me think. I think I was sort of into um, arrangements of pieces back then. Um, because I think that was... It was almost a little bit of a stepping stone for me to sort of get into the organ. So sort of looking at, you know, maybe orchestral pieces um, yeah. or chamber music, which I knew, and then translating that sources to the organ. Um, so probably um, sort of the Rondo by Purcell was probably, I think, one of my first pieces. Um, and I, one of the sort of the technical challenges when I was a kid was certainly the pedals. I think that is, uh, that is especially when you, when you start learning the organ, that is certainly something which you've you you know is is quite different to playing the piano. Um, I realised there is there there are a lot more things which are quite different, both in technique and other things as well. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a piece of Purcell, and that was that was yeah, it was fun, really fun. Yeah, of course, organ journey never starts alone. You always have supporters, mentors, right? Uh, of course. What um, what would you um, uh, want to mention today? Uh, what uh, uh, what people uh, have helped you along uh, on your organ journey? How did you meet them? And uh, of course, what have you learned from them? Of course. So, I guess when I was um, a chorister and sort of junior organ scholar at the Met, I think I've. I think I'd, I'd definitely like to sort of um, mention the, the organist at the Liverpool Metropolitan Cathedral. So that was Richard Lay, because he really inspired me to take up the organ. Just and the, the colours he got out of that instrument were absolutely fantastic. So he really sort of inspired me to take that further. I'd then probably say um, James Luxton, who's currently the assistant director at the Liverpool Metropolitan Cathedral. When I was junior organ scholar, he provided so much support um, and gave me a couple of playing opportunities, which were, was, was brilliant. And it, it really gave me the opportunity to sort of um, almost um, give, me, give me some, yeah, basically just give me some performance opportunities, which really helped my confidence. Yes. Um, later, um, I, was, I was then sponsored by the Liverpool Organist Association, it, um, this is something I'll, I'll definitely talk about later, but um, they were very, very kind and, and sponsored some of my lessons um, when, I was, uh, when I was growing up. So they were, they were very, very kind doing that. And I don't think I'd be taking the organ so seriously if it wasn't for them sponsoring me at such a young age. And then I'd, I'd say after that, I'd, I'd like to mention some of my tutors who I've met during my time at the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire studying organ. Uh -huh. um, one of those people would be someone who you've interviewed, and it, it's Daniel Malt. Yes, um, wonderful. Daniel, yeah, 
absolutely fantastic. Daniel is an absolutely incredible organist, but also he's a fantastic mentor. Um, he has done so much for the department, but also I think at a few times given me the, the you know, either the motivation or given me certain, uh, certain things to look at, which has really helped my development. Um, and he's an absolutely fantastic head of department and is doing absolute wonders. Um, also, you've, I mean, you, you've interviewed Daniel about his recent DVD, yes. which is absolutely, I, I, I presume you've watched it, but it's absolutely fantastic. It's really, really gripping um, just, to, just to see all those, those organs um, going from Tudor times to, to the present. Um, and covering so much repertoire as well in those DVDs, it's it's absolutely fantastic. He he's absolutely he's a absolute role model for the organ. Um, I'd also like to mention Henry Fairs. Henry Fairs was the um, the head of the department when I arrived in my first year, uh, but is the associate head now. But he's an absolutely phenomenal player. Phenomenal player. He's really really inspired me um the, the repertoire he, he he goes through but also his his playing style is just exquisite absolutely exquisite and he's very supportive and i he's, he's a fantastic fantastic tutor um and then i'd probably like to mention professor david saint david saint um was well, he was head of organ at the conservatoire when it was then Birmingham Conservatoire. And then during his last few years at the conservatoire, he became principal. And then later passed on this baton to the cellist, Julian Lloyd Webber. Um, but he, he really had a, a, massive, a massive influence in the conservatoire. But also, David is my boss he is director of music at saint Charles cathedral birmingham and he's been at the cathedral since 1978 um which is incredible um he's absolutely lovely to work for i think he's really encouraged me to really um look at my liturgical playing with a really really fine tooth comb and sort of go through it and really refine it and he's he's, he's su succeeded um but David's also been part of some massive large organizations as well. I mean, for example, he was president of the ISM from 2018 to 2019, um, which, is, which is really, really, it, the ISM, the Incorporated Society of Musicians, is um, something I'd encourage everyone to be a part of, to be part of the, a music society for so many reasons. But David has been part of that, which is fantastic. But also he's given me insight into um, technique as well, Alexander technique, which is, uh -huh. I think, one of those growing things which is really important for um, people who are taking their playing seriously, but also people, um, people who are starting up as well. I think it's, it, technique is a massive thing um, which needs sort of highlighting. And then finally, um, I'd probably like to mention my other two colleagues at the cathedral who are Nigel Morris, who is the assistant director of music and John Pryor, who is our organist honoraire. Um, the pair of them have so many skills. Um, Nigel is a fantastic accompanist and a brilliant rep player, but also John Pryor is a fantastic liturgical player. He's an incredible, incredible improviser. 
mm-hmm. um, and really brings something to the liturgy. Um, and both of them have influenced me so much in how I play in services, but also just how I go about my job as organ scholar. So I, I, they've had a profound influence as well. But yes, I think I've, think I've covered everyone there, but I, I think that they're probably the, the most important people who've sort of really had a profound effect on my education, but also had a huge effect on me as an organist. Yes, very interesting. You know, I came into contact with you through my good friend uh, from Australia, James Flores. Yes. And uh, I'd like to say hello to him through the internet and uh, <laughs> you can say hello to him as well. Yes, yes, no. James, James, is, James is an absolutely brilliant player and his passion for the organ is, is admirable. It, he's, he's a real, real organ pioneer and I think his recordings and just his whole brand, I was just so impressed when I saw all of his content and everything like that. So... Yeah, I think he's he's a, he's one of those pioneers for the organ in Australia. So it's nice to see that in another country as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan, um, what advice would you give to student who is trying to get better at playing the organ? Sure. So I would probably say um, this is I'm I'm sort of basing this on sort of what I would have what advice I would have liked to have been given when I was growing up. So I've I've sort of I've sort of taken a little bit out of what I what I would have liked to have heard or known about. So first of all, I'd probably recommend getting organ shoes. Either that, you know, either from Organ Master, which is is a is a huge favourite with people, but also Freeds of London, which is a fairly new um, sort of maker of of organ shoes. I have recently bought a pair and I find them incredibly comfortable and quite easy to play in. Um, so I've, I've got both pairs, um, which, is, which is quite nice. But it's simply because I, I think from, even from starting the organ, I think one of the main things students have to concentrate on is pedal technique. I think pedal technique is a huge thing. Um, and I think it, it does often get overlooked um, sometimes and I think it's sort of if if you start it when you're trying to get better at playing the organ um I think you sort of set set yourself up almost I think I think you'd, you you're doing yourself a massive favor and then that sort of moves me on to obviously getting piano and organ lessons um however bear in mind you know there are separate techniques for playing both instruments um Certainly, one of the things I um, had to had to train was because I started on the piano and then I moved to the organ. Um, I had, uh, you know, sort of not quite mobile elbows, but my elbows did move. But actually, for the organ, they should be a lot more controlled. So I think if I knew that the technique was different when I was when I was growing up, I would have I wouldn't have had to correct them. But um, yeah just bear in mind the separate techniques for both instruments Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then i'd probably say apply to a local organist association so i'm i've been part of two so i've been part of the liverpool organist association you know with associations with willis organ builders um the 
Liverpool Anglican Cathedral, the Liverpool Metropolitan Cathedral, but also when I've been um, in Birmingham for my for my degree at the Conservatoire, I've been part of the Birmingham Organist Association as well. And I mentioned before that the Liverpool Organist Association really kindly sponsored me when I was growing up um, and wanted to take the organ seriously. They provided financial support uh, when I when I wanted organ lessons. So I think. If anyone wants to get better at playing the organ and need that sort of help, I definitely think about applying to an organist association because they are very keen to take on new students and get people interested into the organ. Uh, so in a way, they're, they're pioneers for their instruments, which I think is a fantastic thing. Mm-hmm. And then moving on, um, I'd probably become a member of the RCO um the royal college of organists um the is i know that the rco if you become a member um you get reduced rates for the incorporated society of musicians which is again a fantastic sort of deal you get which i i, I think lots of people should take up um but i I'd, I'd probably say definitely become a member of the rco they do tons of courses they've got tons of resources uh, lots of keyboard skills and stuff like that, um, which I think are really, really useful. And it's only if you remember you get access to these amazing resources. So I definitely recommend that. I'd also maybe recommend either taking um, ABRSM exams or maybe taking with the RCO the CRCO just to get, you know, just to get basically just a, a start, uh, a qualification on the organ um, for people who are just starting uh, to get to grips with the organ. Further on from that, I'd probably say learn a mixed repertoire. This can be anything from Bach to Bird to Vienne to Mendelssohn. Find out your niche and what you like to play. And then hopefully that will give you the fire to learn more repertoire, either of that type or learn a mixed repertoire. But mm. I definitely recommend have a variety of pieces. Yes. Then after that, I'd, pro- I'd probably say this might be slightly controversial, but I do think um, I, I do believe that I think this might be a good thing. I wouldn't do any liturgical work until you're probably ready, you know, before your technique and your coordination is together. Simply because I, if if you sort of rush into a, a you know playing for a church. I think there is um, sometimes the expectation that, you know, you, you automatically know what you're doing. And especially if you're learning the organ, sometimes that isn't always the case. So I think what I would do is I, you know, I'd, I'd get my technique together. I'd get my coordination together. I'd get a repertoire together. And maybe, you know, it probably sounds quite boring, but I'd practice, some, I'd practice playing some hymns or some parts of a, of, a, of a mass or a service. And once I'm completely comfortable with that, I'd probably be like, right, I, I think I'll consider doing some liturgical work. But I think making sure the groundwork, setting yourself up, making sure the groundwork is faultless mm-hmm. before going on and doing some liturgical work, I think that's quite important. Because I don't think it's it I don't think you should rush your development in into playing the organ. The organ's a difficult instrument. And I think you need to Get to grips with everything before you, you take that forward into another field. Be happy with yourself before you're, you're happy to take this 
to a congregation. Yes. Dylan, uh, yes. what is a bad uh, organ playing advice you heard recently? <laughs> well, and I think due to my education at the Conservatoire uh, the past four years, all the advice I've been given, I'm glad to say, has been absolutely fantastic. It's been faultless. So I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I don't think I've heard any bad organ playing advice. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> That's very good for you. <laughs> because people sometimes get mixed up with different uh, styles, teaching styles, methodologies, things like yes. that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. What about um, things that uh, help you find motivation? Uh, why, why do you keep uh, practicing uh, even today after all these years? So I think, firstly, repertoire. I mean, my repertoire really motivates me. I mean, I'm, I'm learning on some fantastic repertoire, some I'll probably cover with you later. But I think simply if, I, if, you know, if the repertoire is really interesting or I find it really interesting, it sort of gives me the motivation to sort of sit down and like, oh, I, I, you know, I'd really like to complete this section or these couple of bars even. You know, it can be, it, the, the progress can vary. But I'd say that the type of repertoire definitely gives me motivation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd probably say my work. So if I've got recitals a few months in advance, um, you know, that would motivate me, even though it's probably to some people, it's, it's ages away. but I'd, I'd, I'd ideally want pieces to sort of be completed a couple of months before I air them. So I think that would probably give me some motivation. And that is also, a good advice for people in general, right? To find deadlines yeah. and to yeah. things like public performances. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I said that was, it's, I think... Uh, what I try to do is at least get comfortable with a piece so I know it quite well. Sometimes I'll do them a little bit from memory. But as long as I know the piece quite well, if I'm, if I'm you know, changing pistons or if I'm, you know, um, using various uh, things on the organ, I'd like to be completely comfortable with them at least a couple of months before. Then almost give it a sort of a mature period, you know, where you, where you leave it for a little bit, let it mature then come back to it and then hopefully if all progress has went well and you've done everything by the book it should be great when you play it for a recital mm -hmm. exactly yeah it's very important to get the foundation going and and not yes. not, uh, not wander around aimlessly yes absolutely absolutely and by the way what is your process of learning a new organ piece right yeah no so i tend to practice things in in sections so i sort of take apart a piece so break it in i don't know how many pieces um and i practice in sections so i have a little section at the start i have a little section in the middle and i have a little section at the end so i i practice these really really slowly sometimes against a metronome but i wouldn't recommend using a metronome um all all the time sort of get used to the tempo or do a tempo check so if you're not there just bear in mind where you're going to where you're ending up but after i've reached that i'd i'd probably turn off the metronome because you don't want it to interfere with your musicality but at the same time you want to make sure you're uh keeping to the tempo and then 
I, I sort of do this just so I can get a feel for the style of the piece. You know, if you if you you're at the start, you're at the end, and you you're at the middle. You know, you're either covering the same style of the piece or covering sometimes multiple styles in a piece. So, you, in a sense, you get a feel for the the overall architecture uh, of a piece of music, which I think is quite useful because sometimes I know with big pieces in the past, I didn't think they were going. I didn't think they were going to end. So I think it's nice to see that, you know, that there is an end, there is an end to a piece and it is doable. And I think in a way that gives, gives me a little bit of motivation, you know, oh, I've, you know, I've started the start and then I've got to work till the middle and then I've started at the middle and I've got to work to the end. You know, there are these bite-sized chunks almost, well, I'd say they give me motivation to complete these pieces. So yeah, I think that's what I'd recommend. Yes, very good advice, actually. If you could go back in time, Dylan, uh, when you first started playing the organ, would you do something different? Hmm, that, that's a very good question. I think I would probably get more of a repertoire. I think I'd also invest in some organ master shoes. Uh -huh. I think... It's because as I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't, you know, I didn't know there were, you know, specialist shoes to play the organ, but actually they are really, really important, especially to technique. So I think that would have, that would have been brilliant for my pedal technique, but also just bearing in mind the different techniques from piano and organ, making sure they are different. And there are, there are two different playing styles um, and two different techniques. So I think I'd probably bear them in mind as well. But yes, yes I, think, I think that's probably about it. Wonderful. Um, Dylan, uh, could you tell us, you know, why do you still continue practice the organ? What uh, would you like to accomplish in the future, right? Uh, what are your uh, dreams? Sure. So I think I continue the, to practice the organ simply because I think, sort of my dream in the future is it is to go into cathedral music um it's sort of what's really been on my mind since i was a chorister it's it's really really fired me up um to take this instrument seriously is almost taking different aspects of cathedral music seriously so the fact that i take my my organ playing seriously translates into taking the accompaniment of, of choirs or ensembles um, quite seriously, it, it makes me take conducting seriously, whether that be in front of um, cathedral choirs or outreach projects. Um, I mean, I've been involved in a couple of outreach projects, whether that be with adults, children, schools, um, but also, I guess, with my major project at the moment, that's really fired me up and, 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 and really sort of took my organ playing to an, the, the next level, I think. My, the mo sort of the motivation uh, to, to practice the organ for my major project, which is in a month's time. It's at St. Chad's Cathedral. I don't know if you came across the work, um, Member Gigi Nostri, mm -hmm. um, by Buxtehude, absolutely glorious work. Yes. Um, and for my major project, I've decided to, pa decided to pair it up with um, the... Well, some organ works by Buxtehude, the Preludium in G minor, uh, 149, but also Hakriste Anier Gottesson. Um, 
191 and 192. So I've paired that with the cantata um, to sort of almost give it, you know, almost a structure to the concert and to make sure that it, it wasn't just uh, focused on the, the cantata. It was, you know, that there were other things to draw people to the project. But I think that's, uh, I, I think that is, is really sort of fired me up to take, um, I, I guess, to, to, to really um, continue practicing the organ, the, the motivation to really make sure my major project, my final major project at the Conservatoire, to be absolutely stellar. And Buxter Hudo is, is one of my favorite composers, um, absolute favorite composers. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to performing that concert. And uh, what is the most difficult thing about this project for you? I think in terms of, um, I mean, St. Chad's uh, Cathedral, which is the flagship of the Walker Organ Builder, um, it's an absolutely glorious instrument. However, uh, the mechanical action is, it is quite heavy. So I think with some of the solo repertoire, so for example, the Preludium in G minor, doing that opening run on a real heavy mechanical action and doing it effectively, making sure the pipes really speak. Um, I think that will be, that will be quite tricky. Um, and just make, making sure I'm relaxed um, at that instrument. But I do think that the technical issues um, have been overcome. And I think all of us are de developing over time. Um, so no one, no one is perfect, but it's sort of to keep an open mind about things, I think is important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, really interesting project, right? I, I wish you really good luck. Uh, with Thank you. The research and performance. It's really, it's really fun. Uh, a Thank great you. composer that Johann Sebastian Bach uh, mm. from, and it's very relevant for today's world as well. Yes, so, absolutely. So I wish you good luck, and of course, Thank you. you uh, share before we end this conversation how can our listeners connect with you online so i have i'm i'm, I'm really excited to say that i have three um three sort of sort of um main uh main things to sort of um well how i get my content out there um i'm quite keen to um i mean I, i'm a growing artist so i'd like people to see that i'm you know, I'm developing all the time and they, they almost get to see a little snippet of what I do on either a day-to-day -day basis or when I'm preparing for a concert or doing a concert. So first of all, Instagram, I think is a, a great social media resource. You can post um, small snippets of things, which I do um, actually quite a lot, which um, it really, I mean, I use Instagram simply to almost contact the, the younger generation, because I know Instagram is, is quite a thing with the younger generation. So I tend to post a lot of stuff up there um, to, to get people interested and hopefully inspire people to take music seriously, whether that be with the organ or just in their own instrument. Uh, so Instagram at Dylan McCaig Music is where I post um, a lot of my content. Um, and then moving on, my Facebook page, Dylan McCaig Musician, is where I post or share some of you know upcoming concerts 
or um, solo solo repertoire I'm looking at, or my own major project. Mm -hmm. So um, Facebook is 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 really useful as well. And currently, I have a new website in development which should be running very very soon, and that's DylanMcCaigMusic.co.uk, and hopefully um, that will have everything I want on there from from te from teaching to upcoming concerts to anything from a bio and snippets of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Wonderful, wonderful, Dylan. If you could give a final advice for our listeners, what would it be? I would probably say find some repertoire you absolutely love or have wanted to learn. Look at it and try and put your own stamp on it. Look at it in a methodical way. Just like I've been looking at um, with some of my pieces, you know, from the start, the middle and the end, put them in sections. And even if the piece seems a little bit difficult, give it time, give it, give it time um, and keep going uh, doing this technique. And you will find that eventually it will glue together and you'll have something which you can hopefully share to the masses either in congregations or in a concert um, but give it that time to mature but yes i think never forget what's really inspired you to take up the organ and to take it seriously i think that's really important mm -hmm. great advice uh, dylan thank you so much and um, I, i will look forward uh, to your next musical adventures uh, uh, so let me know how it goes and uh, really have fun playing uh, and researching uh, books oh well thank you so much for having me it's it's been fantastic this blog is supported by total organist the most comprehensive organ training program online where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for SS courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vides and Osha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this 
and I am going to try with Haha No Longer Secret Model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Usha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.